Hello, everybody, and welcome to a, well, special edition of <laughs> This Week in Gay. Um, something happened to Anthony, and we're not sure what here. Uh, he was doing his um, his uh, Shanty No Lemon show on Pride 48 for the Pride 48 weekend. Suddenly it cuts out. Suddenly half the people listening got deafened by music, and... Um, well, we had not heard from Anthony, so uh, we're going to jump in and go ahead and do This Week in Gay just so that we can make sure that the lovely listeners out there have something to listen to. And by the way, it's not just me doing this. So I have with me on Skype, Rafael. Buenas tardes, America. Buenas tardes, chatroom. Buenas tardes, Las Vegas. Yes, it's Rafael, and I do speak English. And my nipples just got really hard. <laughs> And, and we, we aim to have, please, we aim to please. Yeah, hey, you, your aim is good, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right, and uh, Brother Sinatus, who's just as fabulous. Hey, how's it going out there? All right, well, uh, how's everybody doing tonight? We're fine, we're fine. It's a nice, chilly evening in uh, Baltimore. Wonderful, yeah. Has, has, how's everybody been enjoying Pride 48 this year? It's fun. It's been a cool. It's been a cool experience. Cool. All right. How about you, brother Sinatis? Hey, it's this is my fourth one, and, and I'm loving them all. All right. Well, good job. Good job. So, all right. Well, uh, hold on. I, I think we may have another guest. Okay. And who might that be? Let me see. I... It looks like JT is going to be joining us. Okay. JT is he? Uh... Let me, I can drag him in. Drag him in. Okay, yeah. Uh, since you started the call, Raphael, you got to add people in. So. Okay, so that's. Let me do this. How do I do okay. this thing? Um, you should be. Hold if he's in the list already, you should be able to. Um, just pull him in. Yeah, you should be able to just pull him in. Is there? Is there a? Uh, I'm sorry, but I, it's the first time I ever initiated a uh, okay. a um, a let Skype call here. for a group. Okay. I do have. Hold on. Let me see how we do this. Trying to see here what we got. Uh, oh, yeah. Do uh, are you on Apple? Are you on Mac? I'm on. Uh, I'm on. I'm on uh, Windows. Okay. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties, but we get back to you in a few <laughs> seconds. We appreciate your business and your patience. Okay, I think it's an add people. Maybe under. I'm not sure what's going to be on Windows, but on Apple, it's it's conversations. Okay, I got it. Okay, try that. Add people. There we yeah. go. All right. JT is being added. All right. We got there JT. He is. Oh, oh. oh Phil. let me try it again. Okay. All right. Sorry. Hold on. Well, well, we try to get JT. Why don't we start with the uh, with the stories yeah. today, so we don't lose yeah, the hour? Who works. wants to take the first story? Okay. Um, I will start the first story if you don't mind. Okay. Go ahead, sir. All right. So. Um, as we know, of course, we just recently marked uh, the 11th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks on Washington, D.C., Pennsylvania, and um, well, and New York. And um, 
one of the uh, the heroes who came out of that day, or at least one of the people of uh, of name, was Mark Bingham. Uh, he was on United Flight 93, uh, which originally was was headed, they believe, to uh, the uh, the White House or uh, the Congress building, um, but instead they they crashed in Pennsylvania. And as it turned out, Mark Bingham was openly gay, so. Uh, you know, he certainly was um, uh, one of the major hero figures who came out of that day. And uh, on that day, his, his mother uh, reached out to him. or you know, Basically, he became most famous for calling his mother while he was on the flight. And um, she's, she's just talking about him in the show here. Uh, she said, being Mark's mother has been in turns difficult frightening, whimsical, beautiful, and downright fun. And she says, I'm grateful to reach out to all who've heard Mark Bingham's story and are drawn to his simple message of bravery and love. Uh, so uh, as the story went, uh, it was speculated that he may have helped over, overpower the, the terrorists who had hijacked Flight 93 and basically drove it into the ground. So, um, you know, uh Comments. I I I I'm talking about it here, but I, I don't know what more to say. So comments from anybody else? I'd like to chime in because um, I actually was when I was in September 11, 2011. I mean 2001. I just moved to the uh, mainland from Puerto Rico, and I was actually working uh, uh, near the capital. Uh, so that one kind of hits me always hard because you know I saw I live by the Pentagon. I actually saw the uh, you know the plume of um, smoke coming out because in Washington you can see almost clearly from one to the other and um, what kind of hits me the hardest is and I actually went this year to the uh, to the both the uh, Skankville uh, Pennsylvania and the uh, National Parks um, uh, the uh, monuments and I was you know it kind of hits me I actually have a picture um you know which I never I, I, I never upload on my Facebook for the um, of the uh, Mark Bingham's uh, stone uh, in the Pantheon, and it's kind of sad because what really upsets me a little bit about it is, uh, you know, uh, it's it's once again it's in, on the issue of equality. You know, this guy joined you know other people as another, another American, and yet we're still being treated in certain ways as second class citizens. So that's one of the things kind of kind of hits me. And the other thing is, actually, there was an editorial uh, on The Advocate. And I liked the, uh, her mom wrote an editorial, and uh, it was very nice what she wrote. She, she was uh, making a comment on the uh, ugliness, uh, you know, intolerance. At the same time, you know, on both us as Americans, you know, you know towards other religions in this, uh, in this political season. And also on those religions against people of, of other sexual orientation and that you know it was, it was a beautiful um it was a beautiful uh, editorial and i actually have highly recommend it for you guys uh, anyone listening uh to read it at the advocate website all right very good uh is everyone still hearing me by the way is anybody hearing me okay it seems that anthony is back let me see if i can Pull him in. Brother Sanez, are you still in there? Oh, I'm here. Okay, you were kind of quiet. <laughs> okay, Anthony's on. Let me pull him in. 
Hold on. It's been a... Hey, do you want to uh, switch time? In the meet... Okay, it seems that we're a little loud, so we need to uh, bring down the volume. Anthony, can you hear us? Yes. Welcome back, sir. We started this weekend gay without you, sir. We're sorry for the little coup d'etat. <laughs> Good job, my friend. Hold on one second. Let me uh, adjust stuff here. You there? We're here. Oh, yeah. yes. We're here. Oh, sweet. I don't know what the hell happened, but all of a sudden, my um, my internet just went out. And it looks like the adapter for um, that plugs in the wall that uh, this the uh, you know the uh, multi electrical adapter thingamajiggy just went dead. So I'm not sure how much everybody heard of the last show or where we left off, but at least I know it's recorded. So I'll be posting that tomorrow then. You left halfway in the show, so yeah. Yeah, you cut out about nine forty six. Okay, well at least we got to nine forty six. Yeah. So, okay, so that's why the chat room went dead. <laughs> yeah, that would be okay, it. Okay, so, all right, well, all right, let's get this. Sh- where did I, where did I, when we last left off, where did we leave off? Okay, we're we were talking about the uh, 9-11, uh, the first story in This Week in Gay. Okay, we'll keep going, and I will quickly catch up here. Not a problem. Well, basically, we're, I mean, Brussels, you want to you join in the uh, anytime? I- no, not really. I mean, this you said it quite well. Well, the the last thing I'd like to point out is there's actually a documentary. Uh, it's with you. It's so it's out of and about. If you wanna, if you see it on your independent um, movie theater, uh, go check it out. And I think that'll wrap up the first story of this weekend. Gay, yay! <laughs> hey, is anybody recording this? By the way, yes, I am. I'm you are it. okay. Cool. Yeah, Will you send me the uh, nice cast? Okay, cool. Let's All go. right. Remind Start me I'll, remind me I'll send you a Dropbox. So. Okay. Cool. All okay. right. Well, thank you Raphael for taking over in this week again. So, let's check on our stories this week on the next story, uh World Net Daily continues Obama is gay attack. I'll take that one. Go right ahead. It seems that an alleged prominent member of the Chicago homosexual community claims that Barack Obama, Obama's participation in the gay bar and bathhouse scene was so well known that many who are aware of his lifestyle were shocked when he ran for president and finally won the White House. Uh, it was preposterous to the people I knew then to think that Obama was going to keep his gay life secret, said Kevin Dushan, who was a gossip columnist in Chicago for various blogs when Obama was living in the city as a community organizer and later a state senator. Nobody knew who Obama was in the gay bar scene thought he could possibly present, say to Sean. Uh, basically, the story is one of these, um, it's been, anyone knows who knows about World News Daily, they love to be uh, shocking. And of course, you know, they hate uh, Obama. So they're using this gentleman whose name is Kevin Dushan, gossip columnist in Chicago, and another guy named Joe Corsi, who's probably might be in your, uh, in your, uh, in, in your, uh, in your life of, uh, of things. Back in the woods? Yeah, because he's he's he like he, he's a little bit in the conspiracy theory thing, so you got you might get along very well. So supposedly uh, they say it was a class a classic case, as a classic he said he said situation, and supposedly he loved he had a Pakistani gay boyfriend, uh, and loves Obama to, had a Pakistani gay boyfriend. That's like what the story says. I mm. kid you not. 
And supposedly he loved to be go- he went on bar nights on gay bar nights on Wednesdays, and that he and Ram Emanuel were members of a uh, of a gay bathhouse. Um, so you know it's 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 a little it's one of these fu- funny little stories that you know supposedly because he came out for gay marriage that. I, I yeah I'm not putting, I'm not putting much yeah the chairman saying uh, Hillary had a lover maybe and I think Hillary Clinton is probably a closeted lesbian but I don't think I don't think Obama is anywhere near or gay I mean my radar does not go off on him at all so well it it, it kind of does just remember last week's story about the uh, the congressman who was giving um, uh, beauty tips to um, what's his name uh, Paul Ryan. And what uh, our good friend Turner has said last week, so it seems that it's the opposite this week. It's now the Democrats who are gay. Well, there's going to be closet people, I think, in both sides of the party, but I don't think Obama is. So I think they're just they're reaching for a new story. So, And one thing to keep in mind, WorldNet Daily is a news corporation intellectual property. Oh, got to know. Yep. They're, they're owned by News Corporation, who owns Fox News, Newsmax, all that stuff. Hmm. Credibility out the window. Yeah, well, it, there's the there's the conspiracy. <laughs> Everybody drink. <laughs> yeah, I'm. By the way, I'm already halfway drunk from this evening. So, <laughs> Arthur's <laughs> like, since when, David? So, all right, on to the next story. Okay, uh, gay marriage leads uh, uh, in Washington and ties in tied in uh, Minnesota. Support for same-sex marriage has soared in Washington, but is sagging in Minnesota, according to two polls released this week on ballot measures facing voters in both states this fall. Referendum, <clears throat> referendum 74, legalizing marriage equality, is leading 56 to 38 percent in the latest Survey USA poll of Washington voters for King 5 News after being uh, up by a narrow 50 to 43 percent margin six weeks ago. In Minnesota, however, results of a new public policy polling survey shows a dead heat, 48 percent support and 47 percent oppose a state's uh, constitutional amendment that would define marriage as exclusively between a man and a woman. The Minnesota Amendment backed by $1 million from Catholic charity and Catholic groups, trailed by 44 to 49% in previous polls. Yeah, I unfortunately have a feeling that we're probably going to be losing Minnesota here for the upcoming election. Minnesota is so Catholic, though, too. Yeah. Well, I I was digging further in the numbers, and actually... Yeah, it looks it's very close, especially among independents. Uh, it's split forty-seven, forty-six uh, independents. Uh, and the um, the other thing that I noticed was that it's um, it's uh, the uh, they they divided by regions in uh, in the state of Minnesota, and they went ahead and it seems to be uh, very um, very broad broad based. The other funny thing I noticed was that moderates and uh, liberals were were against the amendment in Minnesota. It's against uh, marriage against a uh, man as a woman. Of course, conservatives being uh, uh, in favor of the amendment. 
Uh, I also pulled a little bit of information on the Maryland and Maine. They're a little bit old, but Maine is 50. I mean, Maryland is 5440. It was an August 12, 2012 um, poll. And then Minnesota is 5735. That was July 2012. Once again, that that's a little old. And, you know, things might change both for the good or for the bad as, as we get close to the election. Well, the important thing, I think, is looking at this article, take a look at these people's faces, folks. Start learning who is it going to be against us, who are the idiots that are going and basically promoting this hatred. Start educating yourselves on which of these people are the – which of these groups and these individuals are the ones that are basically creating all this crap and whatnot, so – Anyhow, yeah, I'm drunk. <laughs> That's the best thing this week in gray, it looks like. Yeah, I think it's this is going to be an interesting show. One, because we're doing it live, and two, because of the, the lateness of the evening. And plus, I just had like four people in this room, and my room is like freaking hot as hell right now. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like warming up on, on several accounts. So, anyhow. Why be, 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 make yourself aware to these people, folks. That's all I can say. So, on to the next story from Pink News. I'll go ahead and read okay. this I one here. I need to uh, give uh, a retraction here real quickly. Um, I cannot confirm that WorldNet Daily is a News Corp property. So I need to retract my statement. Okay. But they well, are, they are they're, they're conservative, and they say they're independent at the same time. So, yeah. Okay, chat room. Uh Go if you have a little extra time. Go do some research. And let us know. Is world? Wait a minute. Getting out Anthony's naughty video. What? What? what to, how do I, I switch back to this again? I went to their website. There's nothing saying who they're owned by. Okay. Just, yeah. Well, they're they're not wing organization to begin with, but we. Yeah. You know, so we, anyway, we could, that's preaching to the I don't choir. Want to derail the the discussion any longer. No problem. Uh, report the U.S. is less productive because of LGBT discrimination in the work in the workplace. Discrimination against LGBT employees of the of the U.S. government on all levels is proving costly to the taxpayer. A new study claims, titled "Gay and Transgender Discrimination in the Public Sector," the report says there are around a million LGBT employees working in the state, local, or municipal government. And that many fear that they will be overlooked for promotion, not be hired at all, or even that they will be sacked for being gay. Produced by AFSCME, a public services union, the Center for American Progress, a nonpartisan research institute, the report starts by saying that discrimination is unfair to LGBT people and has a negative financial effect. Discrimination against gay and transgender workers introduces costly inefficiencies and thereby imposes significant financial harm on government entities. Discrimination forces out the best and brightest employees, minimizes productivity, introduces turnover relation costs, and exposes governments to potentially costly litigation. The report examined the problem and suggests legal solutions to protect LGBT workforce in their jobs and the government and taxpayer from losing out financially. Lastly, we outline common sense solutions that policymakers at the months, I'm sorry, municipal, state, and federal levels should take to combat discrimination and ensure the fair and equal treatment of all employees, gay, straight, transgender, or not. 
So I could tell you, I just started a new job that in this company that I'm working for is very pro-gay, and just the feeling in the workplace itself, it's so different from where I've been before. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like. It's like walking into a room and you not even being an issue, and it's 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 so what's the word I'm looking for uplifting. So, um, but anyhow, I've talked too much. What do you guys think? I'll jump in. Um, well, this in this basically, it's just a case for the Employment Discrimination Act, which has been which has been. Uh, has been stalled in the Senate. Uh, the few times it has been it has been um, uh, sent uh, passed by the House when the Democrats controlled it, it got filibustered in the Senate. And the argument was, well, it was it was another regulation, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. So uh, this this kind of, in a sense, uh, submits uh, p- throws the argument back at them. Well, not only that, but I think the, I mean that. It just it if you're going to produce any sort of drama in an organization, it's going to come back to haunt you, and provide problems in an organization. And any I mean any workplace is going to you're going to have um, multiple people from different backgrounds, di- different ethnicities, different uh, religious views, and it's the the best way to do that is to be accepting of everybody and i just and one of the intro courses i just did for work was how basically we have to accept everybody and by having an accepting and diverse workplace that actually strengthens strengthens the company because everybody is basically thinking about everyone else's best interests so um i mean this is stuff that's you know once again we're probably preaching to the choir but beyond that i think it's you know self-explanatory and common sense Indeed. All right, on to Wisconsin. Uh, who wants to take this one? I'll run with that one. Okay. Uh, basically, um, Tammy Baldwin uh, is the congresswoman from uh, Wisconsin. She's running for the Senate. And a few weeks ago, somebody in the um, Tommy Thompson campaign made a comment about the fact that she was dancing at a gay pride event with her partner. And said, or oh, these are real Wisconsin Midwestern values, uh, because uh, Tammy Baldwin was saying she was a you know true Midwest race with Midwestern values and what have you. And it was it was a bit of a low blow by by many seemed by thought by many people. So of course, our good friends like Go Proud, which is the one of the two uh, Republican gay move, uh, groups, uh, sent a tweet saying, "We're following the next U.S. senator from Wisconsin, Tommy for Wisconsin." And Team Tommy 2012, you should too. And then uh, did a couple of hashtags. So once again, it's and that's what kind of uh, upsets me a bit because you can be a conservative, you can and I and and it's going to be a tough race in Wisconsin. Tommy Thompson is a very popular guy. Uh, he was a very popular governor in Wisconsin. He was the Health and Human Services Secretary under George W. Bush. And whatever you think about about George W. Bush, there are a lot of people who actually support him. So it is a bit of a, but it's still sad because, you know, a they they did not uh, condemn the uh, the statement by this uh, by this uh, aide uh, to Mr. Thompson, uh, and b uh, if somebody's standing for gay rights on the left, even though you don't want to support them, at least send them a blank vote. But you know, stupid is as stupid does I think. 
Well, Go Proud's an organization that just, I mean, has their head up their ass to begin with. I mean, it's one of those organizations of self-hating gay people that just thinks that, I mean, you could be a conservative, but when you're conservative and then voting against your own interests in every way, shape, and form and trying to constantly align yourself with people that basically are trying to cause harm to you, I mean, you're just looking like an idiot. <laughs> so, Well, um, not only want to harm, cause harm, they don't even want to talk to you or have you in their organization. Yeah. Well, I, they're just, I mean, I've seen them a couple. I mean, I've been watching them closely since we first started this week in gay and they will do anything to basically kick, kiss the ass of anybody that's a conservative just to basically, you know, buddy up to them. But logically, once it doesn't make any sense, it's like, why would you, and then, of course, I'm saying this, they are a part of me. It's like, well, maybe they're trying to actually change that person's mind. But they do such a bad job of basically saying, oh, we're going to align ourselves with Ann Coulter or Rush Limbaugh or whoever the opposite of, you know, kind and actually supportive to gay people is. And then basically say they're going to align themselves to them. It, it doesn't make any sense. And no. what upsets me is, oh, sorry, go ahead, David. No, I'm just saying no, but I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, and the sad part about this is, uh, it's this, it was at the Milwaukee Pride. I just, you know, pull a little, dig, dug a little deeper. So, um, you know, it's, it was a cheap shot, a cheap shot. Well, and sometimes these organizations will do cheap shots. I mean, that's just the way they are sometimes. So, I mean, the Democrats do it too, but. Yeah, but in this case, you know, it's our interest, you know. I mean, if you're going to stand for. Well, it's always in our interest. I mean, if you're yeah. somebody, probably didn't stand for somebody who stands for the damn thing, you knuckleheads. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, once again, realize too, sometimes we are go, the pawns in this play of making money on the fact that we want equal rights. And so, all right, on to Nam gives 500K to main haters. Dave, why don't you take this one? Okay, sure. Uh, the main legislature legalized gay marriage in 2009. But the law was overturned in a people's veto vote later that year. Gay marriage supporters gathered signatures to put it on the ballot again. Gay marriage opponents are also stepping up their efforts. The Roman Catholic Church has kicked off a series of meetings to promote its view of marriage being between a man and a woman. And the National Organization for Marriage has made a $500,000 matching contribution to fight same-sex marriage. The Reverend Bob Amrich chairman of Protect Marriage Maine, who, which opposes same-sex marriage, says radical activists are putting their own interests ahead of children. The data confirms what we know to be true. The ideal environment for children to thrive is one where they receive the love of both a mom and a dad, he said. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I love the argument because, you know, even if that were the case, which it's not, why would you want to deprive a kid at least in a somewhat undeal environment if they were able to at least have an environment that wasn't alone. <laughs> I agree. It's like, it's like, okay, maybe this isn't the best thing, you know, an ideal environment would be for a kid to have a whole household of nannies and live in a mansion, but that's not always going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. I totally agree with you there. This yeah. is coming from people who have had an interesting history with children before. So, <laughs> is the Roman Catholic Church is preaching, as we like to say in Spanish, preaching the morality in the underwear. 
Roman Catholic Church is an organization that basically just needs to be abolished. I mean, there's just no way about it. I mean, they're an evil organization that controls over about, I want to say, 50 percent of the world. And basically, people bow down to this one guy that basically tells them what to believe and what to think and do. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. And only through education can we combat these assholes and actually show people that, no, this isn't the way that, first of all, if there is a God, he would have never wanted you to follow this guy who is his, his you know, his, you know, word mouth or whatever. But even if that was, if even if there is a God, he these people are not even following half of what he's teaching. So I said, like I said to my mother, I I, I I I love God. I just have a problem with God's lieutenants on Earth. With what? I'm sorry. God's lieutenants on Earth. He doesn't have go. lieutenants on Earth. God doesn't. That, 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 that used to be the way they would call absolute kings uh, in 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 the Middle Ages or yeah, in, and that's, in, that's, in the 16th, 17th century. Yeah. Seventeenth and eighteenth century. Ugh, it's late. Uh, they would call them God's lieutenants on earth. So the popes can be considered, you know, God's lieutenant on earth. God doesn't need if God does exist, he doesn't need lieutenants because he speaks to people directly. That's right, David. The, that was exactly. my point. Yeah, I, I would say that um, the people who always claim to be doing God's work and God's will. Um, I don't think they necessarily invite God into the uh, the conversation too much. No, and a lot of people who claim to be doing that are basically trying to do exactly the opposite. But yeah, but I always look at that, it like they're on their path. They're on their path, and eventually they're going to come to their own truth. It's kind of what I talked about during my show, which we'll get to in a second here. <laughs> Or at least a promotion or whatnot. So, all right, on to hey, there's a new Monopoly board honoring gay computer genius Alan Turing. Turing? Turing. Turing. Thanks to part of Google, Alan Turing, widely considered to be the father of computer science and artificial intelligence, has been honored with a special version of Monopoly. Turing, who committed suicide in 1954 after being sentenced to chemical castration for being gay, would have been 100 years old this year. Uh, the board London, the board's London landmarks, the community, and chance cards have been swapped for places and events important to Turing's life. Players can move their pieces from his birthplace in Mada Vale to Hut 8 at Blatley Park. Bletchley Park. Search John Google has bought 1,000 of the sets and donated them to Bletchley Park and helped to raise funds. The board of the special edition, the board of the special edition is based on hand-drawn variant of Monopoly created by William Newman in 1950. William was the son of scientist Max Newman, who was key figure in Turing's life. The hand-drawn versions was thought to have been lost, but rediscovered in 2011, donated to the Bletchley Park Museum soon after. Um... I'll say one thing. This is a great color scheme for Monopoly. <laughs> I mean, I never thought tan brown would work, but I mean, this is a really, this in itself is almost a work of art. Well, it's trying to emulate uh, wood because board games were made back then out of wood. Yeah. Instead of cardboard. Yeah, but, I mean, it, well, I mean, it's, it's also done a little bit with, you know, you have the, the zero ones in the background and whatnot, but uh, in the various photos, but it's, well, I mean, if I had a little extra money, I'd get this. <laughs> actually, actually, the uh, I was listening to another podcast, and another, uh, which was, uh, and that's, a, uh, I love the story uh, about the life of Arthur Turing. This guy was actually a marathon runner. He would actually, if he didn't uh, twist his ankle, 
he would have run for the British team in 1948 Olympic in the 1940 Olympics. Another thing about him is that he was Blenchley Park. Blenchley Park, for those of you guys who don't know, was the ultra secret uh, British uh, division that actually was helping the code and broke what was the supposedly ultra secret um, German code uh, Enigma. So and it was it was so this guy was a, was a smart cookie and some people think that he is actually the creator of the first electronic computer. So and he was openly gay. Uh, uh, and people didn't care much. It seems that what happened was there was some scandal uh, uh, involving him uh, with one of his one of his somebody, one of his ex lovers kind of rat him rat him out. Yeah, the authority because back then buggery was uh, was a crime. That's why some buggery. Yeah, so buggery uh, used to be the crime called the crime um, was illegal in the UK, and of course that was illegal in some of the African Caribbean and even until recently India because of the empire. Uh, and thus, he was ordered to be he was ordered to be chemical castrated, or I think was life in jail, someone for the chemical castration. And I think some people say it was a, it was a suicide. Some people may say it was an accident. So it's kind of like in you know nobody. It's kind of one of those mysteries. It's 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 a sad thing because I mean that guy could have actually done so much more to our society and probably contributed so much. But I mean it's. It's it's a good thing that we know about him, and just think about how many other people who are probably have contributed contributed to society in the past that have killed themselves or were killed that allow us to have the rights and freedoms that we have now. We'll never know about. So it's 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 appropriate for us to recognize this guy. Yeah, it is it is sad in a way because this guy helped you know protect Britain from the uh, from our good friend Adolf. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, and yet you know that's the thanks he gets from Queen and Country, or excuse me, King. But I mean, King, King well, of, I'm, I'm not sure which one. If, if uh, Elizabeth II would have been in the um, in the uh, in the throne yet, but you know, King or Queen. This is this is this is why I keep telling every you everybody and get your drink glasses ready. You got to protect yourself because the government is out to get you. So. Arthur Arthur in New Zealand says Alan Turing is now the patron saint of gay gig, gay geeks. True story. <laughs> Well, at least, he, we, at least he's a saint, so. All right, uh, Brother Stenaeus, tell us about what's going on with Ellen. Ellen, the United gay college student and the man who repaired his vandalized car for free. Jordan Adelson didn't have the money to repair his car after it was vandalized three times while parked in a lot at Radford uh, University in Virginia and a fourth time while he was parked in front of his home. Openly gay, it didn't take uh, him long to figure out the reason why the vandals kept striking. They eventually cost $2,500 worth of damage, including keen homophobic slurs, oh, homophobic slur, fag into the side of the car, as well as the word die. Okay, let's let's see. Um, Richard Hague... Hagar uh, Jr., manager of Quality Auto Paint and Body in Roanoke, uh, heard about uh, what had happened and offered to do the work for free. Um, I guess they uh, actually pimped out the car to the tune of uh, $10,000. And Ellen kind of went to the story and had uh, them both on her show. And I'm trying to – oh, and – one of the things is I think she gave them each a check for $25,000 to cover the costs. Nice. nice. So they both made a little profit on it. 
Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, I think we covered this a couple weeks ago, but then yeah, I guess Ellen picked up on. It, but you know, that's the, the you know, conspiracy theories aside, it's nice to when a celebrity steps up and just does a nice thing. Yeah. Well, actually, it, it's also kind of funny. I mean, because uh, I was. It's kind of a weird thing happened this morning to me, and uh, I was I was taking my my I junk my car. Uh, today and I went with my roommate to get something for his uh, Jewish New Year, and next to me was a little old lady with a with a walker, you know, who was not not parked in the uh, in the uh, uh, disabled people's person. She had three bags. I said, you know, can I help you, man? Because I'm sitting in my car listening to some merengue, and you know, <laughs> uh, hey, I'm Latino. I dance a storm, papito. <laughs> and I actually, and I, and I actually, you know, need help. And she says, "Yeah, uh, yeah, please, thank you very much." And she also said, "You make a prayer for me, so I may have a nice little prayer tomorrow morning in mass." So you know, what it, the point is, you know, no deed, no bad deed goes unpunished. Excuse me, True. no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> right, no good deed goes unpunished. Well, yeah, but sometimes they're not recognized, but uh, it's nice when they are. So, all right, on to speaking of. The other story in Google, uh, Google removes bisexual from its list of dirty words. Since 2009, the word bisexual to Google is only meant to find pornography. That caused the search giant to throw the word into a list of other banned terms, which were all deprioritized by the Google search algorithm, leading to drop in search into rankings for bisexual organizations and community resources. At the urging of the Bisexual Advocacy Organization, Binet, USA, Google unblocked the term bisexual in phrases such as bisexual quotes, bisexual rights, and bisexual parenting, and now are automatically suggesting to Google users as of this month. As not every day, one of the biggest corporations in the world changes its mind, but we are thankful that Google now sees bisexual people just like everybody else, says Binet USA President Faith big long name it's taken time for bisexual search terms to be ranked as they were before the ban but now bisexual people and their allies have a fine chance to be seen heard and understood was it really that hard to find bisexual stuff because I could find bisexual porn very easy <laughs> that was that's, a- that's the story Anthony <laughs> So was it? A, well, I guess that's a great thing, but I, I guess I, I never had any problems with that before. <laughs> well, I just find it interesting that they found bisexual was a problem. I mean, if that's the case, straight and gay would be also be problem words. Well, I'm guessing what probably they're doing. It's probably not really a problem, but what it probably is is that their algorithm is labeling the anything that pops up like that as spam for porn sites. And it's probably just push it down in the list. So it's not like they're filtering out, but it's probably not getting in the ranking that it deserved to get. Yeah, that's the whole point. At least, at least that's what I'm, at least, yeah, I'm, at least that's logically that's what I'm getting. Yeah, the what? whole point was just for a long time, anything bisexual, um, the whole point was mostly what, what came up was pornography. So they were trying to keep that from being the first thing that pops up because, uh, and like on, uh, you have your safe search settings and all that. Uh, but now that bisexuality is really beginning to, I would say, be even better recognized as, as you know, uh, as an actual sexuality and not just 
buy now, gay later, you know, as, as the yeah. joke goes, it's being the Google is, is, is adjusting accordingly. You know, there might've been a time had, had Google existed back in the eighties, gay would probably not have been, um, a popular term on its search engine. Yeah. And it would, plus you have to realize too, I mean, the amount of, the amount of research that goes into these algorithms, I mean, the ability to, to just type something into Google and bring that result back so quickly, I mean, is amazing in itself. I'm not even sure. I mean, at one point I read a book on the basics of search engine, how they were built and how they basically calculate everything. But that was like in 2003. I can't even imagine how that works with Google right now. Well, so I'm sure, I'm sure they're refining it all the time. Well, yeah, Google does that. And I actually just just pull the word by sexual and actually the first the first um, uh, entry is the Wikipedia um, uh, definition I think I might be bisexual so the story I think it is is the fact that instead of being slutty bisexual nymphomaniacs is you know the the more the term the you know the useful well, quote, less less for lack of a better word useful sites yeah so it's yeah, because I'm just I pulled up too, and it brought back some of these advocacy groups. So, yeah, and you know, kids are probably dealing with that too. Probably need to see that more before the porn. So it's probably a good thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, let's go to Michigan. Uh, David, tell us what's going on in Detroit. Okay. Um, a Michigan man has become the second U.S. citizen to be prosecuted for a homophobic attack under federal hate crimes laws passed by the Obama administration in 2009. Um, basically a a Michigan man attacked another man at a Detroit gas station because he thought he was gay. Uh, and he's pled guilty to a hate crime. And this is only the second time that U S federal government's hates crime law has been used in a gay hate case. Uh, Everett Dwayne Avery, 36 punched another customer in the face in a convenience store located in a Detroit gas station in March of 2011. Uh, fracturing his eye socket, amongst other injuries. Uh, His victim, Justin Alesna, had been standing behind him waiting to buy cigarettes when Avery decided that he was standing too close to him. Um, Avery had hurled a range of anti-gay slurs at Alesna before attacking him. Uh, Sentencing's going to be November 28th. Um, Because of this plea bargain, he's going to spend between 12 to 18 months in prison could be fined up to $20,000, which is a slap on the hand. And um, basically, the, the name of the, of the law is the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act, uh, named for two prominent victims of hate crimes in the U.S. Um, you might remember James Byrd Jr. was an African-American man who was dragged to his death by white supremacists in Texas. And, uh, well, we know the story of Matthew Shepard, beaten and tied to a fence and left to die. Um, basically, uh, you know, um, we're seeing the, the Hate Crimes Prevention Act working because um, we're seeing people get prosecuted. Unfortunately, the plea bargain kind of takes the, the punch out of it, but, you know, we'll see here. So, so they basically pled, pled guilty to get the plea bargain then? Yeah, what usually yeah. happens is most most federal prosecutors will try to plea bargain it versus you know taking it to uh, to to court because remember these guys are not are not elected. Most of the uh, state court uh, DAs, city DAs are elected, 
So they try to, you know, make a splash. Uh, so in this case, you know, they decided, you know, the evidence might be might might, might not be open and shut. Uh, it's, so they decided, you know, versus you know, wasting res well, wa- using resources that might be used elsewhere, just do a plea bargain. And uh, it could be, it could be. I mean, if he attacked the guy, he could still get a. Uh, he could also be charged with uh, with assault. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though, that I'm still wondering. It's like, how do you prove intent, though? I mean, don't you have to find a way to basically prove that this person was attacking him specifically because he was gay? Well, if you start calling him you, you, you dirty f, uh, you know, yeah. you cuck, blah blah blah, you know, uh, uh, you know, then it's do, just, do they have to- it shows in the, the in the story, have- he, yeah, in the story, he hurled a range of anti-gay slurs at Lesna before attacking him. So, yeah, he called him something, you know. Yeah, mm. back at home. You know, if Joey were here, he'd probably be against this. But in I, if Joey were here, he'd probably be against the whole um, hate no, crime law stuff. Here, so and I would go. probably be agree with him, but I'm too drunk to. Uh, <laughs> well, the uh, well, the argument, the argument is these are these. I mean, it's it's. For example, if you have you have manslaughter, aggravated manslaughter. So hate crimes laws are an aggravation. So you, in this case, if you do assault, uh, you do assault, and that's usually what I, uh, the way the sometimes the media uh, uses the language, and uh, means that pe- people are not really. And I'm not a lawyer, but uh, or no training law, but at least I have a little bit of you know of following of, of understanding of how it works. Uh, if basically this guy was got got, got got charged with assault with aggravation with the hate crimes aggravation hate crimes laws basically are uh, is an extra uh, punishment for like for example an assault even manslaughter you have manslaughter aggravated manslaughter you have you know murder uh, murder one murder two murder three each one the the lower the number the more the more aggravated it is so for example a murder two you can get twenty to twenty twenty to 30 to life. On um, murder one, you could get the death penalty in the state or life in prison with no parole. So that's the uh, that's why you have these kind of it's uh, laws. It is to add additional uh, punishment for certain things for certain behaviors, which are seen as in a way you know to aggravate the crime. For example, if you and I get an altercation, uh, Anthony, and I punch you, that's assault. Now, if I punch and call you, you blah 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 blah, then that's aggravated assault. If I call you, you 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 faggot, then you know, then then <laughs> you know, that that that's, that that goes aggravated assault with hate crime. So, you know, it's just uh, uh, a a And also, the other thing you had to teach, for example, there was this kid right now. I was I was, I was pulling my laundry up uh, from the uh, from my from my car, and this kid was calling this guy faggot. I said, I want to hear like pull the kid come over here, kid. I happen to be a faggot. And I, I don't kind of like that. And he was like, because you know I'm six foot seven, <laughs> I look, I, I look, I look like a like a football linebacker. And I actually practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so you know, so I'm I'm a, I'm a tough MF. And I and 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 the few people in in the uh, in the arena who are uh, in the dojo and in the um, in in tournaments who have seen the uh, my abilities as an opponent, uh, you know. So, but once yeah, there's the punishment, but there's also the uh, the carrot, you know, the. Um, the um, the uh, Raphael, you're way more educated than you should be on this show. <laughs> well, you know, it's it is what it is. All right, well, let's uh, we're running uh, to the end of the the hour here. Let's really quickly talk about Malaysia. I'll take it. Okay. And in Malaysia, once again, they decided to go uh, crazy and decided to uh, provide a guide on how to uh, spot gays. <laughs> and it's a joke, my God. 
And the Malaysian government has issued a guide for parents on the warning signs that the children might have might have the gay. The Ministry of Education of Malaysia, the gay, the Ministry of Education of Malaysia has endorsed guidelines to help parents tell their children are gay or lesbian. Malay Malasakini reports the list of symptoms for gay men includes stereotypes as have a muscular body and like to show their body by wearing V-neck or sleeveless clothes. Prefer tight or light color clothes. Like to bring big handbags, similar to those used by women when hanging out. The list of warning signs for lesbians are less superficial. Potential lesbians apparently distance themselves from other women. Um, well, oh, sorry, I lost myself. Besides female, com- uh, uh, this, uh, beside the female companions, like to hang out and have meals and sleep in the company of women and have no affection for men. I'm surprised in the news they like to work in cars and in construction. Homosexuality is illegal in Malaysia. Two years ago, the official state film, film, film agency ruled that gay characters can only be portrayed if they repent or die before the movie ends. Uh, the thing is, the first thing is, Malaysia is in the freaking equator. So, sleeveless freaking shirts will probably be the norm, okay? I'm from Puerto Rico. I'm 23 degrees north of, uh, 18 degrees north of the equator. I wear sleeveless shades. Am I gay? Yes, but I know a lot of straight men who wear sleeveless shirts too, so don't cu- cut that crap, Malaysia. Yeah, that's going to be every metrosexual and whatnot, but, you know, Malaysia just needs that. And Malaysia needs a nice education to begin well, with. Well, the, so. the, the, the funny thing is I, I saw a follow-up story that Malaysia was saying that uh, that it's um, that they didn't mean to say that they had a guide out there, but, you know, we, 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 shun, we shun homosexuality. So it's 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 sad. It is a sad story. I mean, and it's uh, you know, it's it's funny, and I don't know. Oh, let's hope some of these. Uh, let's hope all these countries at some point start upgrading their policies because well, they're 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 going to be hurting themselves in the long run. That sort of ties up to the story with uh, Andrew Turing, uh, because you know Malaysia is to be part of the British Empire, and that's that's probably of course the Malaysian government kept it because also it's a, a Muslim country. Uh, the buggery laws, which I was, I was saying earlier on, you know, these these are vestiges of the old British Empire uh, laws, you know, that made it part of the legal code uh, back in the 19th century when the when the civilizing uh, when the civilizing uh, 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 efforts of the of the Great British Empire was was marching through the throughout the world and turning the the savages into civilized people. Well, it's obviously they didn't go far enough. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, hey, we're uh, we're uh, Pride Forty Eight. You've been listening to special this week Gay Pride Forty Eight edition. Want to thank Raphael for starting the show while sixteen. No, actually, it's David who started the show. Oh well, David, thank you for starting the show, sir. You're welcome. Appreciate I wasn't it. Even sure, it's gonna work. Uh, I'm sorry. I wasn't even sure it was gonna work. Well, it worked, sir. So are, you are recording this, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, David, tell us about your show that you just did at uh, what time was it? 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, it was a great show, and unfortunately, if you were not there to hear it, you won't hear it because I forgot to record that show. But uh, normally, I do a mostly weekly show called That Blue Jean Sky, where I talk about whatever's going on in my life, spiritual insights, occasionally politics. All kinds of lovely stuff, and I feature independent music. And I am going to try to redo the Pride 48 show with probably not the same amount of, uh, well, fabulousness. But, yeah, check it out at thatbluejeansguy.com. 
That blue, we were just uh, singing your uh, little tribute song to you too at the end of our show. So the uh, parody of the Elton John song. So, um, brother Sinaeus, tell us about you. Oh, you can follow me on uh, Google Plus or Twitter, or follow my audio booze on uh, audioboo.fm slash brother Sinaeus. All right, and Raphael. Well, I'm Raphael. Should be uh, running this show at this point. <laughs> no, no. no. I'm mostly the research department of This Week in Gay, and we're glad that you people in Las Vegas and around the world listen to us today in this special edition of This Week in Gay in Pride 48 Las Vegas! Wapa! <laughs> hey, we're all, we're, we are gotta make an effort to be there next year, and I'm going to make every effort to be there next year, folks. So thank you all for uh, listening to these last five hours. I'm exhausted, so I'm going to sign off and catch all the excitement tomorrow. Starting at, uh, looks like the first show is at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6, 7, 8 time with what would some call lies. So go check that out, folks, on pride48.com. Okay, hasta luego. All right, bye, folks. Bye, goodbye. Good night. Let me know.